Bibles today, and I'll be quiet and let our preacher get up here because you're really going to enjoy this message today. I already know there's times when pastor shows up at church and and I'm like, oh, man, I can just feel it. Something's on his heart that shouldn't be on his heart that Satan has influenced him about. And then there's days he shows up and he can't. He's like bubbling over and he was in class. I just wanted to sit down and let you teach. So you're really going to enjoy this message today. So say this uh, Bible decree with me. This is my Bible, God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Thank you so much. Pastor. Hallelujah. In Psalms 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. I love that in that text it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. I shouldn't want for anything. I shouldn't need anything. And kids, you are dismissed head back with Pastor Chris and, and Amber. But in that, in that passage, I believe it starts to deal with prayer. And it starts to deal with issues of the heart. And even though he says that even though the, we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will not fear evil, for He is with us. It says His rod and His staff, they comfort me. They comfort us. Church, today I would like to bring comfort to you and to encourage you in your walk with Christ. Don't make just Sunday morning your relationship with Jesus. For prayer time starts every morning when your feet hit the floor. Every evening before you lay down or as you lay down, you thank God for those blessings and you rejoice and what God has taken you through. Why? Because He says, in the valley of decision, in the valley of depression, in the valley of worry, I am there to pick you up and to lift you up and to encourage you in your walk. How many of you are praying? How many of you are worrying? How many of you are stressing? I believe that the church today is under major attack. I believe that the church today, Satan is out to destroy her like he's never done before. But I want you to know that on that great high throne sits in supreme authority the name of God, the name of Jesus who sits at the right hand. And the Holy Spirit is there to bear witness for us. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, we have the great opportunity to gain access and power. So today, if you came in here worrying, you don't have to worry any longer. God's with you. He's for you. I'm a living witness, a living testimony of the grace of God. So today, you need not worry about anything. You don't have to worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow shall worry about itself. What are you worrying about? You know the song. And the song goes like this. And it's to uplift your spirit. But look at the words in the song and let's make it real. 
seriously, so I thought, do I, do I play this? Yes, I'm going to. Because I, I wanted you to think about something in this song. One, it makes you feel good. Makes you not worry. But I love what Bobby McFerrin said here. Watch. Here's a little song that he wrote. Here's a little song I wrote. You might want to sing it note for note. Don't worry. See, I even have that little bit of an accent. You have to sing it like that. Because if you're done, it makes you happy, right? So then it says, In every life we have some trouble. When you worry, you make, make it, it double. double. Isn't that amazing? Worry. I never thought about that before. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy now. Don't worry. Don't get me laughing. I can't do it. Be happy. <laughs> As a little boy, I loved whistling. And it was like one of my favorite things, right? But think about the song. Come on, you're looking at me like, Pastor, I would never listen to a secular song. Are you kidding me? Now, watch. Ain't got no place to lay your head. Somebody came and took your bed. Don't worry. Uh-huh. Yep. Be happy. The landlord say your rent is late. You may have to litigate. Don't worry. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Be, Be happy. happy. Look at me. I'm happy. But watch. As he says this, I really, I sat and thought about this song. When was the last time you loved your neighbor? When was the last time Be you stopped happy. worrying and took the burden off of somebody when God laid it on your heart? When you worry, call me. I think you have. Uh, like, those would be happy. Here, I give you my phone number. When you worry, you call me. Hey, I'll make you happy. Don't you worry, you'll be happy. That's what he was saying, right? I'm telling you. Even like this part, right? Watch. Ain't got no cash, ain't got no style. Ain't got no girl to make you smile. Don't worry. Companionship's everything. Come to Love Encounter. First Friday night of every month. Cause when you worry, your face will frown. That will bring everybody down. So don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy now. Don't worry. Be happy. Don't worry. Be happy. Okay, we're good. Don't worry. Don't worry. Be happy. Think about it. You know, people are like this. I know you came in down. I know you came in discouraged. And for some of you, I know you came in here so happy because we get to worship the Lord together. Because we get to pour into one another's life. Uh, and let me ask you a question. How many ladies were in discipleship class this morning? Rise to your feet. Let's just look around here. Raise your feet. Were you in discipleship class? Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. How many men were in discipleship class this morning? How many men? Look around here. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me explain something. When you come and you pour into another person's life, that is so valuable to that individual, you'll never understand it. My wife shared with me that whatever the Lord laid on your heart, Angel, you shared with my wife, I want to tell you, 
I agree full-heartedly with what the Lord laid on your heart. Yes, my wife is like Luke. She is a great physician. One thing about the First Lady of this church, she does have a way of cutting you wide open. But she'll, she'll bring back some, some things to stitch you back together. And, uh, but she wants you better, not bitter. You know, we've lived in a ministry for so many years that in churches where people don't, don't speak honestly and, and they don't have the opportunity to do such. You know why? Because we need to come and realize that being truthful and vulnerable and transparent means healing starts to take place. And when I think about this topic and I think about that song, Don't Worry, Be Happy, yes, you guys know me. I have to always throw something fun in there. And, uh, and it's because I wanted to see some joy in your heart. And I understood that song, but I didn't really understand it in its entirety because, you know, for a lot of you that might come to me and I'll look at you, maybe put my hand on your shoulder and say, can I pray with you? I'll pray with you. But there's times that I'll say, oh, don't worry, that I walk away. I'm seeing it in my head. Don't worry, be happy. And as I was doing this and putting together this message, my thought was, what what ignites or triggers us to really become better? And I want our church better. And if you look around, it's great to see growth. Amen? Amen. So the question is, we need to build on this sanctuary, amen, so we can bring more souls in here, see souls saved, lives changed, and, and, and God doing His work. And we're going to do that. We're breaking ground in the spring, and I'm claiming it. But I ask you the question this morning, where does the power come from that gives us happiness? Where does the power come from that gives us life? Take your Bible, if you would, please, and turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 30. Better yet, let's just do the whole chapter. I'm going to go, even though I've got pages here of notes, we're going to do this quickly, but I want you to learn something today about prayer. And today I want us to walk out of here saying, we are learning to walk with Jesus. We hear a lot about changes in our life, and we... We need change. For Christians, our change begins when we start to pray. We need to be propelled to pray. We need to be propelled to pray. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 1, it says this, Be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you will have no reward from your Father in heaven. So when you give to the needy, do not announce it with trumpets as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and on the streets to be honored by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Verse 3, it says, But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Hallelujah. What a great thought. I could probably just break down this whole chapter because I I love where he's on the Sermon on the Mount and he's he's teaching and he's speaking to the Pharisees. They were all about image. They were all about uh, praying in front of people, making everything about them and not about God. And so I love that 
this text really starts to break some things down. Jesus was really trying to empower the people. Not only that, empower his disciples. And it says in verse 5, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen of others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So it says, go into your prayer closet, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. This then is how you should pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. Because for if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins when you fast. Do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will then do what? He will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and thieves or vermins destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Whereas the scripture says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Jesus was saying here, Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. Listen closely. For no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life what you will eat or drink, or about your body or what you will wear is not life more than food and the body more than clothes. So they, he kind of gives a parable here, much like he often does. He said, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Can you add one cubit? your life. And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. That is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. 
And your Heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be given unto you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that today we can look into your word. And Father, I pray that you'll propel us by prayer. Lord, I ask that today that we'll understand what you're trying to say here. Encourage us. Help us gain knowledge. Give us the desire to seek out truth and understanding in your word. Father, we thank you for how you reveal these truths and principles in our life. Father, speak through me today. Hide me behind the cross. Let me just be in the shadows of the very throne that you sit on. God, I want to hear from you today. Speak to us. In Jesus' name, amen. It says in John chapter 7, verse 36 and 37, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the Scriptures has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. We do not need a workshop on prayer. We do not need to read a book on prayer. Most of us do not lack knowledge on prayer. We lack accountability to pray. And we lack the will to pray. What's Nike's slogan? Just do it. What is prayer? Just do it. We need to stop giving ourselves a lesson of priorities or a lesser priority, stuff that does not matter. The Lord of the universe wants us to spend time with Him. Does it get any better than that? Something needs to change. Our world needs to see God's people, believers who are born again, who were set free from sin because the Lord Jesus Christ gave His life for us, living distinct and different lives for him. That's what matters. It says in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 17, for it is time for judgment to begin with the family of God. Listen, church. Listen closely. Don't ignore the signs of intimacy with our Father. Pray to Him. Seek His face, not His hands. Not what you can get from your vain repetitions, but what you can give in that quality quiet time with your Savior. There once was a man who read a pamphlet about vacationing on a cruise ship. The thought of taking a cruise excited him, much like it as me. Because he was not a well-to-do individual, he decided to save all of his money so that someday he might be able to take a cruise. He saved for years, denying himself to reach his goal. It was a great sacrifice and effort. After many years, however, he achieved his dream. He purchased his ticket for his trip, and unfortunately, he had no money left for food. He wondered if he should go. He decided that he would take bread and a little bit of goober grape. Everybody needs some peanut butter and jelly. Certainly. 
the environment would be worth his effort. During the mealtime, he hid away in his cabin, eating his goober grape. All around him was an abundance of food. I mean all sorts of food. As time wore on, he could hardly stand seeing people eating all of this food. Food on deck. People ordering room service. Finally, he could not stand it anymore. His food no longer satisfied him. Finally, he asked a porter, How may I obtain some food? Sir, do you have a ticket? The porter replied. Yes, I do, said the man. Then in eat all that you want. Your food is included in your ticket, said the porter. Sounds somewhat humorous, doesn't it? Maybe even sad. However, in many ways, aren't we like the man in the story when it comes to understanding and living life by God's grace? People in our society today are worried about everything. Fear has gripped people's hearts and it's paralyzed them. Many shut themselves in their homes, trying to insulate themselves from the world around them, venturing out only to work or to accomplish other necessities. COVID has made people recluses. People have stopped preaching the gospel. Don't you see what Satan has done? Let's separate the body of Christ. People are anxious about how they look, what they are wearing, how much money they have in the bank, rising gas prices. Help me, Jesus, they are rising. Failing and falling stock prices, foreclosures, Asking themselves, with all this going on in the school system, are my children going to turn out right? They worry about the election. Which political party will win? They worry about their health, whether their job will be eliminated due to downsizing, who they will marry, if they are married, how long will it last? And if that weren't enough, watch this. Even back in 2008, Starbucks Corporation closed over 100 unperforming U.S. stores and slowing domestic openings in the face of a likely consumer recession and cannibalization from overbuilding. Their outlook was pessimistic. The analyst from Coldstream Capital Management said, well, it's going to be a tough year. What are we going to do? Washington said this in 2008, and here we are again with a bigger dilemma in 2021 with stores, restaurants, businesses of all sizes closing due to staffing issues because there aren't enough people to keep it open. How many of you have cruised through Taco Bell and it wasn't open? I'm like, we ran out of a taco? I mean, when I go to the store, it seems like the shelves are full of taco shells. I'm sorry, we are closed because of staffing reasons, because of the supply. And here's what's happened. And the reason why I'm building this up is, you see, this worry has led to all sorts of health issues. Sleeplessness, tension headaches, inability, high blood pressure, ulcers, heart disease, inability to relax, even fatigue, How unfortunate that Christians have joined the ranks of those who worry and fret about everything. We've taken our cue from the world around us. Listen. We've allowed Satan to defeat us and cause us to stumble. 
instead of trusting in the power, provision, protection of our sovereign God. We have grown used to living anxiety-plagued lives. Can you say that for me again, Pastor? Well, certainly I will. Instead of trusting in the power, provision, and protection of our sovereign God, we have grown used to living anxiety-plagued lives. I'm going to go into James chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. James makes it clear that this anxiety, want, and lust is the major source of divisions within the body of Christ. So it says in James chapter 4, What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from you, from your desires that battle within you? You want something but don't get it. You kill and covet, but you cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight you do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. Interesting. That you may spend what you get on your pleasures. Interesting. Are, are, you, are you with me so far? Good. As Christians fear and... and Hoard their finance, the work of the church in the world through evangelism and missions is hindered. The Lord Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount laid down guidelines on how Christians are to live in this world. We're to live radically different lifestyles from the world around us. The kingdom principles in the Sermon on the Mountain are for us today. As we live the way that Christ desires for us to live, we put forth an apologetic to the world. We put forth, and that word actually means a testimony to the lost. Point one. Anxiety is unfaithful because of our Lord. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 25, in Matthew 6, 25, follow me. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Lord Jesus is empathetic here. And trying to get this point across to his children. Throughout this section of scripture, he commands that we are not to be anxious. He says three times, do not worry. Not once, not twice, but three times. He says, don't be anxious, don't worry. Matthew 6.25 says, do not worry, be anxious about your life. Verse 31 says, do not worry about, watch, do not worry about what you will eat, what you will drink, or what you will wear. Do not worry about tomorrow. Medical medical doctors will tell you that worry inflicts both physiological and psychological damage. What is far worse than both of those outcomes is the fact that worry is sin. When we worry, we are displaying unbelief in our Heavenly Father's ability to care for us. Take no thought, which is how the King James Version has translated this was taken from Shakespeare. Take no thought. Be not anxious or have any anxiety. Can I just ask a question? Do you deal with anxiety in this room? Maybe it's private for you. I do. Okay, look around. I deal with anxiety. It's real. But watch this, he says. Take no thought. Worry is taken from the old English or German. Worry And watch this, it means to choke, to strangle. Jesus is saying, stop worrying. Literally, do not even start. Maria, 
There must be a girl named Maria. And suddenly that name will never be the same to me. Oh, Becky. Oh, just kidding. That wasn't in the song. So here I am. I'm a teenager. First time I'm in West Side Story. Could it be? Yes, it could. Something's coming and something's good. That was 35 years ago. How do I even remember that now, right? This was me before the play. Oh, man, I can't do this. I need some help. Get me some help immediately. They're like, uh, teacher, Todd's in the back laying on the floor. He's breathing erratically. I think he's having an anxiety attack. I was having an anxiety attack. Now I'm having an anxiety attack wondering if I'm going to get off the floor. Oh, just kidding. When you become 51, you just roll through it, right? That was for real. Anxiety overcame me. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, do you know that one song? Uh, I'm, on the, I'm on the balcony. I'm looking down to her. And the music is fading. And then they're like, you're going to hit this real high note. <laughs> and I'm like, no! Scared me to death. I'm like, listen, they brought in somebody from Kent State University and they're like, we're going to help you. Now what you do is you just form your diaphragm and you breathe it up like this and all kinds of stuff. And I'm thinking, all kinds of stuff? Are you kidding me? Listen, I'm 17 years old. I can't sing like that. Do I look like I'm Broadway material? Okay, she thought so. I'm glad. But here's what I learned. That my anxiety was strangling me. It was choking me out. But here's what I, I've realized over the years. Even when I step on this platform, many of you do not know this, but I deal with anxiety. And every single week I pray that God will help me through it. You know what? I'm just, I, I said, you know, my life's His. So there have been times I'm like, oh, goodness, there's a lot of people out there. There's four. That was a lot back in the day. And God continues to give you that comfort because I have to put my faith and trust in Him. We need to believe God's Word and trust His promises He has given us. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 19, it says this, And my God will meet all your needs according to what? His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. He will meet our needs. Think about the context of the people who heard this sermon. Think about how they lived in the ancient world. If it didn't rain or there wasn't enough snow in the mountains, the streams would not run. If the streams did not run, there was not enough water. If the crops failed, they had no money and they had no food. God has given to us the gift of life. We haven't even begun to answer how we even got up from our sleep this morning and what holds us together. Beyond this, God gave us the greatest gift, His Son, so that we might have eternal life, and yet we doubt His love and ability to provide for us. Romans 8.32, it says this, He who did not spare His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, how will He not also along with Him graciously give us all things? Why are we tempted to think that? He doesn't care for us. Let's look at this. Anxiety is uncalled for because of our Father. And it says here, Matthew 6, 26 through 30. 
It says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in, in barns, and your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. That is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So he tells us here in his, his scripture, do not worry. Anxiety is uncalled for because of our Father. We don't have to worry. Say, say this with me. I don't have to worry. I don't have to worry. Can you imagine? You know, I say this in my prayer closet in the mornings and at night. Lord, I know the plans you have for me, plans to prosper me, plans to not harm me, but to give me a what? A hope and a future. future. We've got to trust in that. We've got to know that God knows our timing. So it says in verse 26, don't be anxious about food. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap, store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? We're to watch birds. We do not want to misunderstand what our Lord is saying. Does he mean that we have no responsibility to care for ourselves? Absolutely not. This past summer, we're down at Cuddy's. We're at our camper. We have a Florida room on it, an enclosed patio area. And I walk in, I turn everything on. As I walk through, I open up the door in the patio area, and I walk through, and I do one of these numbers, and I stop, and I look through the blinds, and I'm like, you little demon, you. That's it. You're going down. So I looked out that window, and there he was, that bird. We have a gazebo, like a metal thing back there. And do you know what he did? You guys know that I'm not obsessive-compulsive about stuff. You know I don't have OCD. That was it. I went in my closet. I took off my shoes. I put on my boots. <clears throat> I put on the full armor of God. I, I walked out there and said, that's it. It's you and me. I'm taking you down. Your house is coming down. Your mud is getting cleaned up. I've had it with you, Robin. And I marched through that yard. And I got back there and did one of these numbers. Whoa! That's exactly what I did. I'm glad you're into the story, Trish. You're learning the word today. I'm feeling it, sister. Bless you. Yes, Lord. That bird comes swooping down, went right up underneath there. And I walked over and I said, Lord, please forgive me for the birds of the air as they make their homes in my territory going down. I jumped up on that chair, reached up there, grabbed that nest, took that nest down and said, I'll show you. I took that muddy, nasty, disgusting thing, threw it in the trash. Yes. No babies were in there. No eggs were in there. Don't worry about it. Come on. Wow, pastor. For, yeah, wow. Look at the birds of the air as you're trying to teach us here today. 
you want to know what happened next? I went back in that house, took off those boots because I didn't want to walk through the water. I took them off. And I said, I'm not going to worry about that nest. But as I was looking at it, I thought to myself, that's amazing. Because the next morning when I got up and went and grabbed my cup of coffee, it was so delicious. The sun was just beaming in on that side of the, of the sunroom, Florida room, whatever you want to call it. Probably doesn't feel like Florida out there now. Anyhow, um, I opened up those blinds and to my amazement, she and he were back and they had built that thing all night long. That was it. They knew then that this guy was crazy because I had shorts on and this cut-off t-shirt and I showed off my guns in front of those robins. I put those boots back on and went back out there and took that thing down. I said, oh, I will win. Here's the end of the story. They came back and kept building. Let me tell you what happened. Here's what I've learned from this story. They don't fret. They're not anxious about anything. They just stayed busy. And that to me was like such a great testament of just being faithful and diligent. They weren't worrying about me. They looked at me and said, who's that gray-haired old pencil-toed head? He thinks he's going to win. I'll show him. I'll work all night long. So I believe that the Scriptures are teaching us here that believers aren't excused from earning a living. It says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10, For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule, if a man will not work, he shall not eat. We've got to work. Those robins were working diligently. So I learned what, the, what Jesus was saying here. Number two, believers aren't excused from concern for others. Christians are responsible to not hoard and waste what God has given them. They're responsible to to distribute what God has graciously entrusted them with. Three believers aren't excused from experiencing trouble. It says in Job chapter 2, verse 10, He replied, You're talking like a foolish woman. Shall we accept good from God and not trouble? And all this Job did not sin in what he said. You see, birds do not just sit perched singing all the time. They work at finding their food. They don't just sing... They're like, well, they're not worrying about just being happy. They don't worry. God created them for such a time as that. When they follow God's plan, they, follow, they find adequate food. They do not, however, worry about where their food will come from. If God takes care of birds which are not made in the image of God, how much more will he take care of you? Where does the time go on a Sunday morning? I'm putting together this message and I thought, goodness, will this last? I'm halfway through, so you know what I'm going to do? I'll preach, want me to preach part two next week instead of just stopping and, stopping and skipping over it? Let me explain something to you. I'll, I'll stop right here where it says, what is God's plan and how do we follow it? And to me, when I look at this, I think of the word of the Lord and I think where he's talking about prayer that prayer is such a 
important part of our life. And I'll give you some keys next week in part two of this series of message, messages, which was supposed to be one, will now be two, but we'll see what God does. He says, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow shall worry about itself. Well, Pastor, you've said all this, but what, do you, what should we take from it today? I want you to take this away. That if our God is big enough to answer prayer, then he's big enough to take care of your problem. And do you understand that spiritual warfare comes with getting up and doing what you've got to do and being persistent in your life and in your walk? So the enemy may have gotten some of us through COVID. For some of you, we're in the hospital. Right? Jody knows what that was like. You know what that's like, don't you, brother? I mean, you're in the hospital. You're on life support. But the grace of God saw you through, and here you are right now. And some are right now in the wonderful arms of Jesus. And this is where he says in John 14, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you will be also. And he said, but how do we know? Jesus said, because I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Why are we worrying? Listen. I'm getting ready to have a board meeting at the end of the month to talk about the, what the appraiser had to say and all that kind of stuff. Do you all think I'm intimidated one iota by money? No. I'm not worried about anything. You know why? Because you're the church. You're the body. And we're going to go to the Lord in prayer. And the Lord's going to take care of the needs of this church. Amen. Do you know He already has these seats assigned you might have one person next to you, but somebody's coming there. Do you know that you have a great witness to so many people because you have a testimony that a lot of churches have never, ever experienced? We are sitting in a church where we bought a property for $125,000 where the assessment came back at $1,255,000. That was not Todd. That was God. That was not this bod. That was God. We didn't do it. We as the body didn't do it. We followed His leading. So today, as I close, I kind of want to, want to put this into perspective for you. If you've been worrying about your health, He said, don't be afraid. Don't be troubled. If you're worried about your bills, don't worry about it. If you're worried about your job, don't worry about it. If you're worried about your marriage, don't worry about it. Put your faith and trust in God and God will do the rest. If you're worried about how am I ever going to get through giving up my addiction, don't you worry about it. God already has it in the palm of His hands. You have to release it and let go of it. And prayer time is getting on your knees and surrendering your will to God Almighty. What's your prayer life, life like? How have you been praying? Is, are there moments where you say, God, I, you're speaking to me. Angel's sitting down front here. We're worshiping, she's praying. God's speaking to her, she's writing. I know that. Am I correct or am I... I kind of felt that in my spirit. 
So if the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, where is your prayer time? Is it on a Sunday morning? Is it on a Monday afternoon? Do you say, God, I'm meeting you every single day of my life. God, I'm, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. God, I give you this. You know, I was having some stomach pains. I'll share this. I'll be transparent with all of you. And I, I was praying in my prayer time. I said, in the name of Jesus, I pray that, Lord, you'll take this away, that you'll push this infirmity, whatever's going on, this affliction that's in my stomach, I believe it's from worry. God, I pray that You will remove this in the name of Jesus. And I'm touching myself. Why? Because God doesn't want me to worry. Everything's in His timing. Everything is in His timing. Do you believe that, church? Maybe you have $5 in your bank. Wonderful. Great. Praise the Lord. God will provide the rest. For my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory. Let me tell you something. People haven't been as broke as Pastor Todd and Becky. Buddy, we took our bills. We laid them all over that bed and we said, God, provide for us. And we said, God, I put a little additive in there. Lord, I can't handle another day of grilled cheese and tomato soup. I can't even buy a gallon of 2% milk to put in my tomato soup. But God provided for us. Many of you might say, oh, look at him. Well, listen, I practice Matthew 6. He says, if you do it in private, I'll bless you in private. I'll reward you. See, we don't have to put our alms before men. We don't have to bring it before people. We know that God has everything in his control. Do you believe that, church? I want you to do something this morning. I want you to... I just want you, if you'll stand to your feet this morning. We're just going to have a moment of, of prayer. And I'll go into next week, part two of... Uh, about Solomon and some of the things that I was going to identify. Maybe you've been feeling like, I wish I lived a life much like them or much like her or him. Listen, don't wish to live a life like anybody because the Bible says they that compare themselves among themselves and commend themselves among themselves are not wise. You have no clue what something's going on in that household. It might look good to the eye, but God measures the heart. It's not about the outward man. It's about the inward man. And so today, can we just have a room of praying people? I'm going to do it this week and I'm going to do it next week. I'm going to let this music play. And I know that there are some that are in this room that, that feel a need like, I know I've got to let go of this. I know I've got to release this. I've, I know I've got to come to a place where, Lord, I just say, please take this from me. God will do that. You have to believe in it. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you're feeling like, I, I just, I've lacked in my faith. He was saying on the Sermon on the Mount, you have little faith. Don't worry about it. Because I'm telling you, God will take care of you. But Satan wants to do what? He wants to bring in anxiety and he wants to strangle you and choke you out. And if he chokes you out, you're not good for the kingdom. You're not good for him. Meditate on God's word. Get into his word. We're down in St. Pete. God put us in this home with Ron. And we were up there and he was giving us all kinds of stuff. He loves vitamins and herbs and all that kind of thing. And 
He's like, you need to do this, you need to take that. We walked out of there like, I just walked out of Acme with a bunch of stuff. But I love what he said. He said, when I met you two, there was something different about you and Becky. There's a light around you. There's a light around you, church. And we have a mission. And our mission is to bring people to the saving grace of Jesus. To tell our loved ones what Jesus is about. To bring them to this place where people can find hope and healing and help in their time of need. Listen, it ain't, and it isn't just about us. It's about others. That's why God sent His Son to die on a cross for us. What are your needs this morning? What are you dealing with with your anxiety? I want you to lay it at the foot of the cross. I want you to fall down before God. I want you to to come up here. I'll pray over you. I'll, if you want me to pray with you, that's fine. I'll go through and, and walk with people and talk with people and pray with you. But today, we're going to finish out this service praying for one another, uplifting one another. And I'm going to take about 15 seconds in the quietness of this room and we're just going to bring our hearts and bring us into a place of prayer. I'll pray and then we'll have the invitation. Father, I come before you today to say, my Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Oh, Father, give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us of our trespasses. Forgive those who've trespassed against us. And Father, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from worry. Deliver us from anxiety. Deliver us from the foothold, the stronghold of our life. God, deliver us from evil. For Thine is the kingdom and the power and glory. So God, in our petitions this morning and in this prayer time, we fall down and we lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus. So Father, we are a body of believers. We are an army. We are soldiers in this army of the Lord. So God, I believe that somebody is watching today that is dealing with a personal issue that you want to deliver today. So God, in the name of Jesus, I don't know why this came to my mind, but God, I pray for healing and deliverance right now. God, I pray that you will just touch that individual's life. God, there's... There's many in this room that have admitted to anxiety and I know I deal with anxiety. I deal with my nerves all over the place and sometimes it controls even traveling. But God, I give it to you. I release it in the name of Jesus. God, today we, we take this time and we take these, this moment to, to give it to you. Lord, we surrender our worry and our anxiety. In the name of Jesus, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen and amen. Let's sing.